Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Forging Your Own Path. Nope. I can't remember the name of my own podcast. (laughs) It's been so long since I've done one. (laughs) Let's try that again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path with me, your host, Cherokee. First of all, I guess let's just uh, talk about the elephant in the room. I haven't been making podcasts as much. I know I said I was going to be making them more, and um, by the time you guys hear this, they will probably be coming out more frequently. It's just been a crazy hectic end of the year for me. So I just haven't had um, time really to do these podcasts. Yeah. So January should slow down a little bit and I should be able to make more podcasts. Before we start the main topic today, I'm going to give you a Cherry's confessional. I did my book club review last week, last time last month, last year. I don't even know when the last time was that I did a podcast, but last time was a book review, which means this time is a Cherry's Confessional. And if anybody has any Cherry cherry Confessionals for me, um, any deep, dark secrets, something you want to confess, something you want to get off your chest, can be completely anonymous. You can email me at uh, theonlycherrydollface at gmail.com. Or if you want it to be more anonymous, you can send me a text at 818-640-7188. I can't even remember my own phone number right now. And text me your deep, dark secrets, and I will read them on my podcast. So the first one that I have today is actually not anonymous. This is from my friend Kevin. But Kevin is a longtime follower, and he says... I have a cherry confessional for you. I have had the same dream a few times of you and me hanging out at a local place, Coral Cafe, and we are just talking shit and having a good time and having lunch like old friends. So I love that. I actually love when people send me stories of them having dreams about me as long as they're appropriate. People have the weirdest dreams about me, which I can appreciate because I myself have the weirdest dreams. I actually had this dream, I think not last night, night before last, I woke up in a cold sweat. I had a dream that I was back with my ex and I had found out that he had been like cheating on me and he was leaving me for someone else. And I was crying and I kept trying to spit in his face, but he kept blocking his face with his hand. So my spit could not reach him. So then I started trying to like scratch his face with my nails, but for some reason my nails were like marshmallow fluff and they weren't sharp enough. And I like couldn't hurt him like I want. It was horrible. It was so Wow, it's just the feelings in me were so angry and wild and it was not a good dream. So I'm not in touch with my ex, but if I was, I would probably tell him, hey, I had this wild dream about you. But I tell people the wild dreams I have about them all the time. I have very wild, vivid dreams. So if anyone has a dream, a funny dream about me that they want or a weird dream or whatever, if I try to murder you in your dream and you want me to share it on my confessional, please just send it to me via text or via email. So my main podcast topic today is all about finding confidence. 
I know that this is something that a lot of humans struggle with. Most of my, not viewers, most of my listeners, followers are female. And I think this is also something that is not completely uniquely female, but definitely females relate more with finding confidence. I don't know if men are naturally more confident or if men just fake it a little bit more than females do. I mean, I definitely have male friends that are not confident in certain ways. So I put the word out on my social media asking people for stories and questions related to finding confidence. And it was interesting because people kind of came at me in lots of different angles of what finding confidence means to them. I Usually when I do these podcast topics, I make it very, very broad so that I have lots of different facets to talk about. And I think confidence is pretty broad. So I looked up the definition, which I like to do in my podcast. I like um, looking up the definition of whatever my topic is just to see like what the broad definition of this word is. The definition of confidence, according to the dictionary, is a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. Basically, feeling like you've got this. And um, I think the funny thing is that we associate confidence and self-confidence most often with how we feel about ourselves physically. Like, oh, I'm feeling confident. Like, I feel cute today or I feel skinny today or I feel like whatever it is that like people equate with self-confidence. But the funny thing is, is that the definition of confidence is more about um, abilities, qualities, or your judgment. And I don't think I, I mean, I guess when I, re- I read when I read qualities, I think of that as like my I have confidence in how kind I am. Like that's a quality. I don't think of like physical qualities. So it's funny that there's nothing about physicality in the definition of confidence, but that's more of what we focus on. I also looked up there's a definition of self confidence. This was from the University of South Florida. So this definition is. Self-confidence is an attitude about your skills and abilities. It means you accept and trust yourself and have a sense of control in your life. Again, nothing about having confidence in your physical being in the definition of even self-confidence. Because confidence is one thing, because you can have confidence in many things. You can have confidence in your husband. You can have confidence in your job, whatever that doesn't relate to yourself. But self-confidence, even their definition, still has nothing to do with physicality, which I think is really really interesting. In this definition, it says it means you accept and trust yourself and have a sense of control. And I think that's the thing is the sense of control. I think my main, the way that I have gained self-confidence is the trust part and acceptance part. I accept, like I'm confident because I know that this is who I am. This was the way I was born. My personality is my personality. Like there's definitely things I need to work on, but I don't want to change me because I am great just the way I am. Like I was saying, in the in the definition of confidence, there's nothing about physicality. And there's so many places in which people lack confidence, but we still mostly focus on looks and bo- body positivity in talking about confidence, which is so funny. Because when we talk about confidence, there's not only looks like skin, nails, hair, body, Um, There's also skills at putting yourself together. So your hair, makeup, style, which is also physical, but that is more of like a confidence in your skill. Because I have so many, so many of my followers are like, 
oh, I wish I had the confidence to wear red lipstick. I wish I could pull that off. I always hear, I wish I could pull that off. That's all confidence. Like people always say like, oh, I just, I don't have the right eyes for liquid liner. I don't have the right skin for red lipstick or I don't have the right face type for victory rolls. You have the right everything for everything. You just have to have the confidence to just do it and not care what people think about it. So I think that's a big thing when it comes to confidence with with your skills and with style. I mean, obviously, like when you're first learning how to do something, your confidence and your skills is not going to be very high because you're just learning. Um, but then I think after you have figured out how to do something, it's the confidence to actually like rock it and know that you look amazing and that, you know, having that self-confidence. There's also confidence in your workability, in driving, <laughs> in athletic ability, in intellect, in social skills. Um, your confidence in being a parent or being a good partner, confidence in keeping your house up. The list is endless. There's so many things in life that you have to have self-confidence in. So that's the thing with so many potential pitfalls in things that we have to be self-confident about. It's no wonder that so many people don't feel confident. I mean, what human is going to feel confident that they they look great, their body's great, their hair is perfect, they're the best parent, that they're really good at their job, that they are the best driver on the road, that, I mean, there's like so many facets. And when I hear people say that they're not confident, I'm honestly not surprised because there's so many things so much pressure to be confident in so many things. But the one thing I think you have to remember is that you don't have to be 100% confident in everything to have some confidence. Like, I don't think I'm the hottest, coolest, funniest, smartest person in the world. I'm not like 100% confident in all of that, but I have enough confidence to know that I'm good enough in all of those things. And that's enough. So I think that's the thing is not putting so much focus on being totally confident in everything you're doing. Like when I was learning how to tattoo eyebrows, I was confident in my skill level as a beginner. I was not confident that my eyebrows were the best eyebrows that I'd ever done or that anyone had ever done, but I was confident enough in the moment in what I was doing and I charged accordingly to my skill level. And that was enough to kind of keep me going until my skills did get better. And then I could be more confident in what I was doing, kind of stacked up to other people. The thing with confidence also is, especially when it comes to skills, and this, this goes for hair and makeup skills, work skills, just skills in general in your life. The thing that I fear always because I am such a multitasker. I'm like, I have to have my hand in 18 honeypots to feel like I'm productive. <laughs> and in doing that, my fear is always being a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Which if nobody, if you have, if you're not familiar with that term, basically it means that you can do a little bit of everything, but that you're not great at anything. And so that's where I try to find balance of, I want to be able to provide a lot of services for people. And I want to, when you're self-employed, you have to kind of be multifaceted. Like I have written books and had cosmetic lines and clothing lines and teach classes and do photo shoots. And now I'm a licensed esthetician and I do permanent makeup. And I have to do all of those things because there's not one thing that makes me enough money to be sustainable as a career. But you still want to get really good at those things that you're doing so that you can be confident in what you're doing. So I think that's the thing is finding that balance of like, yes, you want to be doing a lot of things and you have to sometimes be doing a lot of things to like 
pay the bills, but you also don't want to be doing so many things that one, you're pulled, you're stretched so thin that you're stressed and two, that you start to lose confidence in what you're doing. And I definitely find that because now I'm focusing more on my studio and I'm doing more facials and permanent makeup and I don't do hair and makeup as often anymore. And I definitely have those moments when I haven't done hair and makeup in a while and I'll book like a random client or have a random shoot. And in my head, I'm like, I haven't done this in a while. Like when you do something all the time and it's muscle memory and you're very confident in what you're doing, it's different when you haven't done it in a minute and you have to get back into it and you feel a little rusty. Uh, when I used to tour full time, what was it? Like November to February, I wouldn't tour at all because it's winter and travel and it was always crappy trying to travel. Um, so I wouldn't tour for those three months. So it would be like tour, 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 like hair and makeup every week, every month. And then all of a sudden it was three months of none of that. And then when I would do my first, it was always my first class, my first class back because shoots are different. You're not really explaining what you're doing, but a class when I am, have done many classes in a row, I kind of, not that I say the same things, but I have like my talking points and certain jokes that I hit. Like I'm always trying to entertain people when I'm teaching classes so that it's not just like a dry, boring class. And my first class back, like in the beginning of a tour season was always like, I felt like trying to write a paper with my left hand and I am right-handed. It always felt a little fumbly. It always felt a little awkward. So I think that's kind of what I'm getting at with the, the jack of all trades, master of none. And I think that's the thing too, where people have a hard time finding confidence because they don't know quite yet what they're good at. So they try lots of things. And there's some people, like I am a little bit like this, I get bored. So I could potentially be like, if all I did was makeup, I've been doing hair and makeup now for almost 10 years with a lot of other things. But if all I had been doing those 10 years was makeup, I would be like, I mean, not to be overconfident, but I'd be like a really good makeup artist. I'd probably be working in the industry. I'd probably be working on movies. I'd probably be doing that. But I get bored really easy and I don't want to just do makeup. So yeah, it's it's finding that balance. But also spreading yourself way too thin can also really shake your confidence. Some people are just good at like want to do one thing. Like my mom is an accountant. She's a really freaking good accountant. She's a fixed assets accountant. So she does a very specific type of accounting. People always ask her tax accounting questions and she laughs because she is not a tax accountant. And that's what she does. That's her job. So she's really good at, she's really good at numbers. And she's like a master. She's a, a really high corporate level. Some people are like that where they're just singularly focused and that's great. Then you can be a master of one thing and then not a jack of all trades. If you are a type like me that you get bored easily or you're self-employed and you have to do many things, it's just finding the balance of not spreading yourself so thin that you lose your confidence in the things that you're doing. The other major thing that I have to tell anybody that is struggling in finding self-confidence, do not compare yourself to other people. I know it's so hard. It's human. We all do it. Everybody does the, I wish I had her hair. I wish I was as good as at this as this person is. I wish I had a house that big. I wish I, everybody does it. It's such a human thing. But the more you can focus on not doing that, the more confident you can be in your own self. And you have to remember that everyone has their own personal best and that's still something to celebrate. Like I know that for me and for how long I've been doing eyebrows, I'm good at eyebrows. I'm confident in my skills. Am I as good as the top eyebrow influencers that have been doing it for 10 years? No. And I know that I'm not. And that's okay. And just because I'm not as good as them doesn't mean that I'm not good for me and for my clients. And I celebrate my successes 
on my own scale. So you can't pit your successes against someone else's scale because you'll always fail. You have to remember there's always going to be somebody out there that is better at what you're doing than you. There's always going to be somebody out there that you think is more beautiful than you or that is more talented than you or is a faster runner than you or whatever it is. There's always going to be somebody out there that you are going to you're going to hashtag goals. I hate that. I have talked about it before. I hate the hashtag goals because the only goals you should be setting are goals of you against yourself, not you against other people. Comparing yourself to others, it goes for everything across the confidence board. It goes for accomplishments. It goes for work. It goes for looks. It goes for everything. Just stop comparing yourself. It's one thing to be a little competitive. And I don't think that competition is a bad thing. I think being competitive with people gives you a drive to do better. And I think, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the like everyone gets a trophy kind of um, culture that we're sort of going towards now, especially for kids. Because while nobody wants to see their kid be on the losing team, when you become an adult, there's winning teams and there's losing teams. It's just reality. It's reality in work, especially if you're not, if you don't have that mindset that like, okay, I have to work really hard so I can get this goal and I can be the winner, the winning team, then you're never going to work to push to be that person to be the best at what you're doing because you're just used to always getting a trophy and being good enough. This is just my opinion on the whole thing. So that everyone gets a trophy kind of the attitude, it it takes away competition. And I think competition is really important. And I don't think that competing means that you're better than somebody in general as a human. You could be better at something than somebody. And that's cool. And that's natural. But I think that competition creates success in people and not like financial success, but just like life success, human success. I look at people that tattoo eyebrows, that do skincare, that do hair and makeup, that do the things that I do, that do it better than I do. And instead of comparing myself to them, I set that as a benchmark of, okay, I want to be that. I want to be as good as that. And then you, you can compete in your own mind of like, okay, this person has this business that's at this level. So in a year, I want to have a business that's at that level too. And it might even be a stranger that you're competing with. They don't even know you're competing with them. But I don't think that competition is bad. I think comparing yourself is bad in the like, am I as good as this person? So I hope that makes sense. I I see them as two. I see competition and comparison as two totally different things. But I definitely see it as a way to keep pushing yourself, to keep doing better, to keep learning, and um, to keep you know working at your own personal best and setting goals for yourself that could be related to what somebody else is doing, but not setting goals that need to be exactly what someone else is doing. And that's the thing too, is you can admire someone else without having to stack yourself up against them. Like I follow people that work in the facets that I do that I will never be as good as. Doesn't matter how hard I work. Doesn't matter. They have natural ability. They have maybe more financial backing than I, whatever it is that they have that I don't have, but I still admire what they do. And there's also people that do things that are a little different than what I do. And I admire the way they do things, but doesn't mean that I need to do things that way. Like people that, you know, have businesses, actually, this is a good example. The studio that I work at in Denver, um, it's a beautiful studio in an, in an old building and she has the top floor and it's super bright. And I love her studio and I I admire it. The space is beautiful. 
I prefer to work in the dark. I like doing facials in a dark, dark room. So even though like I admire what she's doing and how she's doing it, it's not the way that I want to do it. And also like her space is really big and it's in this old historic building. She's also in Denver, which is a lot less expensive than LA. So if I had a space that big and beautiful, it would be astronomically expensive here. So I don't compare my studio to her studio. And I appreciate that my studio is dark because that's the way that I prefer to work. So I think that's what I'm talking about in being able to admire what other people are doing and the accomplishments of other people without comparing yourself or feeling that jealousy. I think that jealousy also too is kind of what eats at you and eats away at your confidence. When it comes to stacking yourself up against other people or being competitive with other people, there's no need to tear others down and it's not going to increase your confidence. Your confidence has nothing to do with other people. Your confidence has everything to do with you. And the more you allow other people to interfere with your confidence, the less confidence you're going to have. It doesn't feel good tearing people down. And another thing to remember professionally is that tearing other people down does not look good. If you have beef with someone, even if you're in the right, if you bring that beef public, you are always in the wrong. Always. You're always going to look like the asshole. There's one truth and there's two sides of that. There's your truth, their truth, and the actual truth. And um, when people are looking at whatever from the outside in, they don't know that your truth is the real truth. They just see you publicly feuding and you look immature and you look like you're just trying to tear somebody else down, which is not good for anybody's confidence. And that's the thing too, is that when it comes to people you admire, I find this is such a strange thing. This is such a strange phenomenon to me. I'll have people that follow me that will leave mean, nasty, shitty comments. And then when I reply, they're like, oh, I'm just a really big fan and I'm really excited that you replied. Like they're literally just saying something mean to me to get my attention so that I will talk to them because they're like fans of what I do. It absolutely blows my mind. Those people I never talk to again. I usually just block them. So you might've liked what I do, but now you're never gonna see it again because you were a jerk to me. So I'm a a firm believer that getting encouragement from people you admire can help your confidence, but it doesn't happen if you're an asshole to them. So be nice, be supportive. If people that you admire are doing the same types of things that you are doing, leave comments like those brows look great. Oh my gosh. Like I love your technique. You know, don't do the, I wish I was that good. I wish I was that pretty. I'll never be as talented as you. Like those comments do nothing but make the other person feel a little awkward and make your confidence even less. So don't be an asshole. I mean, obviously you guys know that's my mantra anyway. And the other thing too is that surrounding yourself with people with similar skills and goals can be super inspiring. Instead of competing in a negative way with those people or tearing those people down, if you surround yourself with people that are like getting it, like I hate the term girl boss, but like, you know, other girl bosses or guy bosses, if you're um, a fella that happens to be listening to this, but I love following and being friends with people that work in my industry, that do what I do, that do it better than I do, or people that like maybe are a lower level than me that I feel like, hey, I can help you. And that inspires me. That makes me feel confident. Like when I have friends that are trying to get into hair and makeup or aesthetics or uh, uh, permanent makeup and they ask me questions and I feel confident like, oh, I know the answer to this. Let me help you. That helps my confidence. So I think making like just surrounding yourself with people that do what you do, whether they're on a higher level than you or whether they're on a lower level, if they're a beginner or a professional, just like surrounding yourself in that, it really helps your confidence as well. And it's very inspiring. 
especially when you have similar goals as people. I think that's um, a, a really major thing because when you have similar goals as people, you when you hit those milestones together, especially if it's actual friends, not just people you follow on the internet. Like I love, you know, like one of my best friends, she is a dog trainer. She owns her own company and we don't do the same thing, but we have similar goals in life. And she bought a house a few years ago. And that to me was so inspiring because it's like, she is a, a self-employed female business owner doing it for herself and she bought this house and she's doing all these things. And to me, that's really inspiring to like push myself to get to that level as well. The other thing too with goals when it comes to confidence that I think is kind of a pitfall that a lot of people do is setting goals that are way too lofty. <laughs> so if you're like, I just started my business today. I want to be a millionaire by January 1st you're probably going to have a little knock in your confidence when by January 1st, you're like 100 air because that was just like a giant hurdle and maybe like an impossible hurdle. I mean, I don't know. It depends on what company, I guess. And I do think that it is is important to set big long-term goals. So like in 10 years, I want this. In five years, I want this. But I think just setting like small goals, even daily goals, like my goals every day are to finish everything on my, I'm looking for my phone, but I'm filming myself on it. (laughs) Um, My goals every day are to finish everything on my to-do list. That's my daily goal. And when I finish that small goal, I feel very accomplished and I feel very confident that like, yes, I did it today. I did everything that was on that list. Like I have weekly financial goals. Like my financial goal every week is to make enough to cover all my bills. It's not a huge goal. I mean, it's a lot of money because I have a lot of expenses, but it's not something like unreasonable. Everybody should be making enough money every week to cover their bills. But I'm also um, just started a small business. I'm a a new small business owner. So that is a exciting goal to me. Every week when I see my numbers and I see that I'm making what I need for that week, then I feel confident. Then I'm like, I'm doing this. And even though sometimes I'm like, man, it's been a slow week. And then I look at the numbers or I see like, well, last week though, I made enough to cover this week. And then that brings my confidence back. So I think setting those little goals can really help your confidence and this isn't even business related like even if it's learning how to do your hair let's say you're learning how to do victory rolls on monday by friday you're probably not going to master them but if you're like you know what this week i'm going to master pin curling i'm just going to learn i'm just going to figure out how to curl my hair and you do that i feel confident so now i'm going to master teasing and you work on that until you get a nice tight tease you're like okay i've got that i'm so confident and then the next week I'm going to master just one roll. Like if I could just get one roll to look good, because usually you get one roll and then you try the other roll and it looks terrible and then you are not confident and you feel like crap and you stop. So that's what I'm saying is like making smaller goals instead of just like I have to do A to A to Z in a week, but A to B to C to D to E to F, you're going to get to that Z and then you're going to feel so much more confident than if you tried like a giant hurdle to start with. It's also a lot easier to celebrate small accomplishments and it boosts your confidence. So that's the thing for me is like, even if it's not like an outward celebration, I'm not throwing a party every time I pay my rent, but just that little like, I did it, like that inner celebration or like, you know what, I did it. So I'm gonna go buy myself a new pair of earrings. I don't know what it is, like just like little small celebrations. Celebrating yourself is important. And even if it's celebrating little teeny tiny things, celebrating yourself like is huge in gaining that self-confidence. I like the analogy of of tackling a 5K before running a marathon. Like if tomorrow I was like, I'm going to run a marathon next month, I would die. I would just die. Like 
all my toenails would fall off. My legs might even fall off. I don't, my head would probably fall off my body. I couldn't run a marathon. Could I maybe tackle a 5k in the next few months? Probably. And then if I did that, then you know, you can probably do a marathon at some point, but you're not going to go straight into the marathon. You don't want your head to fall off. Let's be realistic here. I think in anything, whether it's work or life skills or how you feel about yourself, the more confidence you have in what you're doing, the more motivated you are in doing those things. When I'm not confident in my work, I'm that wake up in the morning like, oh, I have to go to work today. But when I'm like killing it and I know I'm doing a good job, I'm like, yes, I get to do some eyebrows today. And it's such a different feeling. And it's the same thing. Like when I, right now I'm wearing workout clothes because I'm going to the gym because I gained the COVID-20 like everybody did. And so I'm not feeling like mega confident with my body right now. So instead of being like, hey, I need to lose 20 pounds right now and get back to where I was, that's not realistic. I don't need to do that. I don't need to be exactly where I was before. That's okay. I'm aging. My body's changing, but I want to get down a little bit. I want my clothes to fit again. I don't feel confident when all I have to wear are stretchy pants and I can't get into my jeans anymore. So little by little, I'm just going to the gym. And even if it's like, you know what, all I have time today to do is like a 20 minute elliptical or like 40 crunches or whatever it is. The gym is right across the street from my studio. So I'm not trying to do like two hours in the gym, eight days a week. That's not realistic. There's also not eight days in the week. I don't know why I said that. But those kind of like outlandish goals, they just make you feel bad about yourself when you don't meet them. I know realistically for me, I can dedicate little bits of time to going to the gym. And when I leave the gym, I feel confident. And then the more I do these smaller workouts and, you know, maybe make better choices with food, like instead of the chocolate bar I want, I have a couple of oranges. And then I'm like, wow, I'm feeling confident in I can do this. And then I feel motivated to keep doing it. And then my fitness goals become easier because I'm motivated. So it's all, it's like dominoes. It's like a ball rolling down the hill. If you set a goal that's way too big, you're trying to make a ball roll uphill. You want the ball to roll down the hill. So the bottom line for me is that confidence comes with experience and time. It's the old adage that you're older and wiser, I think is true. I think a lot of um, these things that I've learned about my own self-confidence have come with nothing but time and age. Um, And I think also the older you get, kind of the less you give a shit (laughs) about a lot of things. So that's my, that's my spiel. We're going to take a break and then we're going to take your stories. Oh, I don't have any stories. We're going to take your questions. So let's take a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we are back and now I'm going to take some of your questions. So if anyone wants to submit questions or stories for future podcasts, please follow me on my socials. I am at the cherry doll face on all of my socials. And um, I usually ask for submissions on future podcasts there. So first question is from mountains and tea. My biggest fear is letting myself be great and shine. Did you ever struggle with that? I think this is an interesting question because I think the goal is to let yourself be great and shine. 
I think that's kind of like the end game for everybody is like, I just want to be really good at this and I want to be confident. And when you're confident, you just naturally shine. I think what you mean in your fear is that maybe you don't want to come off cocky or you don't want too much attention. I'm not 100% sure what you mean by this question, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with being really good at something and wanting the world to know that you're really good at something. That's not cocky or overconfidence. That's, that is self-confidence. So be great and shine away. Princess underscore Leia underscore 14 said, how to find confidence when anxiety or depression creep in. You are speaking my language. So I'm actually um, going through a bout of seasonal depression right now. It's not the worst it's ever been. It's there. It's always there this time of year. And I'm doing that as I'm also trying to push forward with my small business which is very difficult. I think maybe you might be talking more about physical confidence, but I think it's all related. I think confidence is confidence. And, you know, I also am struggling with my physical confidence as well with with what COVID has <laughs> done to me. I think the thing when you're going through depression and anxiety is in the moment not to think about your confidence. Don't think about it. Shelf it. Have a day. Like you might just need a day where you just want to wallow and that's okay. And you don't have to in that day be like, oh, but I have to do this. And oh, but oh, look at me. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. And my business is failing and I don't have clients this week. Like if you focus on all of those things in those those dark days, it's just going to make your days darker and you're never going to get to light at the end of that tunnel. Shelf all those thoughts. Um, when you're struggling with anxiety and depression, your number one priority needs to be your mental health and your wellness. Your confidence in yourself and everything else that you're doing comes later. So I think that's the thing for me is when I am in those moments of darkness, I put my horse blinders on. Nothing else exists. And the people around me have to understand that. The people that love me have to understand that. And they do. Unfortunately, I still have to work. <laughs> so, you know, fake it till you make it at work. And I've I've learned how to sort of just hide it and put on a, a happy face in it around people. And then I come home and I come back into my dark hole. And then eventually that dark hole goes away. And then I get back on my confidence train and keep on trucking. Allison Riker asks, how do you suggest building confidence when believe in yourself just doesn't work? So my advice with this is convince yourself you are great by being great. Um, if this is a skill or work related, work really hard to prove that you're the best and earn your confidence. When believing in yourself doesn't work when it's skill or work related, that just means that you just have to work harder to be better. And then eventually you will be the best. And then the confidence will come because you'll just know you're the best. If it's looks related, I think a, a small thing that you can do is make a list of every single thing that you admire about yourself, no matter how tiny. and read that list of all the things that are great about you. It could be so small. It could be like, my baby toe looks like the cutest little corn nut and I love it. It, get, I, it. People are always like, I can't find anything that I like about myself. There's something you like about yourself. You might love the way your eyelashes curl at the end. You might love how soft your hair feels. You might love that you can run and not get winded. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things to think about that you love about yourself how it feels when you breathe. Like I have healthy lungs. The purity of how nice it feels when I breathe is so nice. I love the way it feels when I have to sneeze and I let it go. That feeling is so nice. And that's not so any, none of those things are things that I'm actually doing, but they're things about myself 
that I love. And I could sit and make a list all day long. Like I love my green hair. I just love the color of it. I love that a lot of my tattoos haven't faded and they're nice and bright. There's all these things that you can find that you love about yourself physically or skill-wise. Like I love that I'm good with people. Like I love the way that I can interact with people. I know I'm good at that. I could also tell you 800 things that I'm bad at or that I don't love about myself, but that's not the point. We want to leave those in the background. And it doesn't mean that I'm cocky or overconfident. It just means that I'm working on my self-confidence. How do you show confidence when asking for a raise? So this is a tricky one. Um, You have to know your worth and be able to demonstrate it. If you really feel like you deserve a raise, you should be able to present why. There's some people that are like, I should have a raise because I've been working here for two years. Well, if you've been working there for two years and you're still doing the level of work that you were doing two years ago or less, maybe you don't deserve a raise. But if you're like, I've been working here for two years and I've increased productivity by this much, I brought this new account, I this, that, the other, I have four new clients, I've sold this amount of retail. Like if you can put on paper what you've done for a company to deserve a raise, that speaks for itself. You don't even have to be confident. You can just show like literally what you've done to deserve that raise. Now, if you're talking about the confidence to like walk in the office and ask for the raise, go in with a list. Then it doesn't matter like what your confidence is. You literally just have to read down the list. Like this is why I deserve a raise. And if they say no, they say no. They're never going to fire you for asking for a raise. They're just going to say no. And then it's up to you whether you want to stay working there or not. But I think the confidence comes when you know your worth and you know how to demonstrate it. That depends on what industry you work in, honestly. Teresa Jean, Teresa underscore Jean said, how do you maintain confidence during unexpected life changes? This one is tough because some people deal with change differently than other people. Some people fear change, not good with change. I personally am pretty resilient. So change to me is just like, I just turn my sail and sail on the other way. So I think this really depends on how well you deal with change. But you know, unexpected life changes are going to happen for everybody. It doesn't matter how perfect or great your life is. There's always going to be something, a a layoff, a death, um, an unexpected divorce, a marriage, a even good things, having a baby or getting a promotion, like things like that. Like there's every, that's life. There's going to be changes in life always. So how you maintain confidence is you just know that's going to happen. And then you just go with it. Whatever the change is, you just keep, I've said this in my podcast before. I talked to a producer years ago that told me that when you make a jump in life, you're not always going to land in the spot you thought you were going to, but the universe is always going to catch you. You're going to land in a spot and then that's going to be the exact right spot you're supposed to be. And then you just like keep on moving forward till you fall off another cliff and you land and then you look around and then you're like, all right, I'm going to go this direction. Hopefully you don't fall off the cliff and break every bone in your body and die. But generally in life, like humans are resilient. And when life throws something at you, you just keep telling yourself like, I got this. I can do it. Make a list. I'm a list maker. Make a list, whatever it's, it can be related to anything, a list of, okay, here's my options now. Um, you know, if you're an unexpected pregnancy, okay, a list of here's my finances, a list of what I need, a list of why I'll be a good parent. Like literally making lists for everything just helps for me, at least helps keep me confident in knowing that I'm like moving forward. Kitties underscore eclectic underscore noir said how to deal with changing body shape, size, ability over time or illness and keeping your confidence. This is a hard one. And I talked a little bit about this with changing body um, in my own life. 
ability is another thing too. I've been dealing with health things where my body isn't performing exactly how I'm used to it performing. And it's shakes my confidence a little bit when it comes to keeping myself in shape because I can't go to the gym as often as I want to or work out as much as I want to or be as active as much as I want to. So I definitely relate to this. But one thing you have to know is that you are more than your body. You're in here. You're in here. This is just like a a meat tube that you control sometimes better than other times. Some people have more control over their body than other people. But you as a human are more than the, the meat tube you <laughs> possess. And also know that everyone ages and we all turn into melted candles at some point. So you know, we're all going to get wrinkly. We're all going to get droopy. We're all going to get chubby. We're all going to get, you know, all of those things. Some people more than others. Some people will lose their mobility. And this comes not only with age, but also with disease, with accidents, with all of those kind of things. But we're all in the same boat. Like even people that are supermodels in their 20s, when they're in their 80s, they're the same melted candle as every other human in their 80s. And honestly, I think it's harder for the supermodels to do that because they've always been the supermodel. They have a harder time dealing with the reality of aging, with the reality of life. Then I think like the average human that's just like, yeah, this is just the reality. Like I've always had stretch marks. I've always had cellulite. It's more of a reality for us. So just know that you probably, if you feel like more of an average human, you're probably having a better time than somebody that we consider to be like, you know, on a pedestal as far as like body and looks and all of that go. But the thing is, is in, in that supermodel analogy, the more worth that you put on your looks, the more devastating aging and illness is. So find out what else is great about you. Like for me, as I'm, as my, I'm aging, my body's changing, my face is changing. I still know that I'm funny. I'm so funny. I make people laugh and that's not going to go away. Like my sense of humor, nobody can take that from me. It doesn't matter what happens to my body. I'm still funny. Some people are very intelligent. Some people are very caring. Some people, you know, are great parents. Some people are, you know, great at your job, like all of these things that you can find to be confident about that are outside of what your physicality is. Like this is a meat tube. (laughs) So I think that's the, that's the thing is to figure out what else is great about you besides you physically, because you're so much more than that. We're all so much more than that. David Caceres says, when does confidence become bravado slash overconfidence and how to avoid it? This is a tough one because I think everybody's perception of overconfidence is different. And I think for some people, normal confidence can seem overconfident. You know, for some people, if I say, I'm great, I'm funny, I'm good at my job, I have nice skin. Like if I say that to people, some people are like, oh, she's into herself. I don't see that as overconfidence. I see that as just normal self-confidence. And then some people that are like, I'm the best. I'm the greatest of all time. You know, people that are like cocky or like that, I find that cocky, but they might just be like, no, I'm just really confident. So I think um, the definition of bravado or overconfidence is just in the eye of the beholder. I think that you need to focus less on how people are going to perceive your confidence and more on how your confidence feels to you. Because who cares? If people think you're cocky, if people think you're overconfident, I mean, obviously don't be a jerk to people. I think that's, that's one thing. Like, you know, it's, you see like people that are poor sports on the winning or losing side. Like when people win and they don't shake everybody's hand on the other team or when people win and they're like, yeah, like, uh, eat that. Like, you know, people that are like kind of dickheads about winning. I think that can be overconfidence. I also think it depends on in what 
like facility that's happening like maybe on the basketball court that's just like normal talking shit that's just like a normal bravado that doesn't mean that this person is cocky it just means that like that's their sort of like thing on the court so like I said I think it's just in the eye of the beholder and I don't think that you should avoid it I think just be yourself be nice to people don't worry about how you're perceived at the golden battle said any thoughts on fake it till you make it I think I already said fake it till you make it somewhere back in this podcast somewhere. I think the power of suggestion is real. I am fully a believer in looking in the mirror and being like, you're awesome. You're great. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're like, or like just telling yourself like, I've got this. I'm good at this. I know what I'm doing. Like it doesn't have to be affirmations or like post-its on your mirror or literally saying out loud to yourself in the mirror that you're great. I think there's a level of fake it till you make it. Obviously, like, don't go walk into a hospital tomorrow and be like, you know what? I'm going to be a brain surgeon. I'm just going to pretend like I can do this until I can do this. Then you're going to be Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> you're not going to be him. You're going to be Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can. Um, that was a guy that faked it till he made it straight to prison. But I think in general, faking it till you make it, just telling yourself that you're, you can do something, that you're really good at something, even though you know you're maybe not the best yet. I think that just kind of gets that ball. It's the same, the ball rolling downhill. Like it gets the ball rolling. If you're sitting at the bottom of the hill and you're going, oh, I can't do this. You're trying to push a ball uphill. You want that ball to be going downhill. All right. Last question is from Jenna Hood. How about the concept of treating your body like it belongs to someone you love? I love this. Some people are so critical of themselves that they don't realize they'd never treat anyone or talk to someone the way they treat or talk to themselves. I always think that like when I'm thinking something about myself, like if I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, my thighs look so big. My middle looks so thick. Like when I'm thinking those things, if I was in front of a friend looking in the mirror, would I be like, oh girl, your thighs look really big. Like your cellulite's really bad today. No, I would never talk to a friend that way. And I'm not talking like someone you barely know. I'm just saying like your best friend, like your friend that you would be completely honest with. Like if my best friend is like, how does this dress look? And it's not great. I'm not going to be like, oh, you fucking fat cow. Like, no, I'm going to be like, "Mm, it's maybe not the most flattering. Maybe let's put a belt on it or maybe let's try something different. Like, why can't we talk to ourselves as kindly as we talk to our best friends? If you are talking to your best friend in that mean way that you talk to yourself, you're not a very good friend. (laughs) Maybe you should be nicer to your friends. But I think this is a really good point. And I think this is another kind of fake it till you make it thing of like trying to trick your brain into not thinking so meanly about yourself or not and not even just physically, but just in in what you're doing. Like, tell your brain like, yes, I'm I'm good at this. Like, or even if you're not so good, don't be like, oh, that's the worst thing I've ever done. That's terrible. I'm the worst. I'm such a loser. Just think like, okay, that wasn't my best job. Next time I'm going to be super awesome. I'm still great. You know, I think that's the the concept of, of treating yourself like you treat your friends also goes in, hand in hand with the fake it till you make it kind of, I don't know, ideal. So that is it for the week for my podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that this podcast will hopefully help you in finding your own confidence and also know that self-confidence, I don't think is something that any of us is really born with. I think self-doubt is more of a natural feeling, but I think that self-confidence is something that we all can absolutely learn. I still struggle with self-confidence myself. I'm not the the... Brene Brown of self-confidence, I guess, but hopefully some of my um, tips and tricks will help you guys and, you know, fake it till you make it. And my best advice 
is to not be an asshole. And until next week, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye, guys. 